The lights had changed again to red, and a car at the top of a tail of four others was just drawing slowly to a stop. She found herself opposite the open left-hand window and looking directly at two elderly women. She clutched at the lowered glass and said breathlessly, Can you give me a lift? Anyway, Cobb's Marsh direction. I've missed the bus, please. The final desperate plea left the driver unmoved. She stared ahead, frowned, then shook her head and let in the clutch. Her companion hesitated, looked at her, then leaned back and released the rear door. Get in, quickly. We're going as far as Holt. We could drop you at the crossroads. Valerie scrambled in and the car moved forward. At least they were going in the right direction, and it took her only a couple of seconds to think of her plan. From the crossroads outside Holt, it would be less than half a mile to the junction with the bus route. She could walk it and pick it up at the stop before the crown and anchor. There would be plenty of time. The bus took at least twenty minutes meandering round the villages. The woman who was driving spoke for the first time. She said, You shouldn't be catching lifts like this. Does your mother know that you're out? What you're doing? Parents seem to have no control over children these days. Silly old cow, she thought. What business is it of hers what I do? She wouldn't have stood the cheek from any of the teachers at school, but she bit back the impulse to rudeness, which was her adolescent response to adult criticism. She had to ride with the two old wrinklies, better keep them sweet. She said, I'm supposed to catch the 940 bus. My dad'd kill me if he thought I'd catch the lift. I wouldn't if you was a man. I hope not. And your father's perfectly right to be strict about it. These are dangerous times for young women, quite apart from the whistler. Where exactly do you live? At Cobb's Marsh, but I've got an aunt and uncle at Holt. If you put me down at the crossroads, he'll be able to give me a lift. They live right close. I'll be safe enough if you drop me there, honest. The lie came easily to her, and was as easily accepted. Nothing more was said by any of them. She sat looking at the backs of the two grey cropped heads, watching the driver's age-speckled hands on the wheel. Sisters, she thought, by the look of them. Her first glimpse had shown her the same square heads, the same strong chins, the same curved eyebrows above anxious, angry eyes. They've had a row, she thought. She could sense the tension quivering between them. She was glad when, still without a word, the driver drew up at the crossroads and she was able to scramble out with muttered thanks and watch while they drove out of sight. They were the last human beings, but one, to see her alive. She crouched to change into the sensible shoes which her parents insisted she wear to school, grateful that the shoulder bag was now lighter, then began trudging away from the town towards the junction where she would wait for the bus. The road was narrow and unlit, bordered on the right by a row of trees, black cutouts pasted against the star-studded sky, and on the left, where she walked, by a narrow fringe of scrub and bushes, at times dense and close enough to overshadow the path. Up till now, she had felt only an overwhelming relief that all would be well. She would be on that bus. But now, as she walked in an eerie silence, her soft footfalls sounding unnaturally loud, a different, more insidious anxiety took over, and she felt the first prickings of fear. Once recognised its treacherous power acknowledged, the fear took over and grew inexorably into terror.
A car was approaching, at once a symbol of safety and normality, and an added threat. Everyone knew that the Whistler must have a car. How else could he kill in such widely spaced parts of the county? How else make his getaway when his dreadful work was done? She stood back into the shelter of the bushes, exchanging one fear for another. There was a surge of sound, and the cat's eyes momentarily gleamed before, in a rush of wind, the car passed. And now she was alone again in the darkness and the silence. But was she? The thought of the whistler took hold of her mind. Rumours, half-truths fusing into a terrible reality. He strangled women, three so far, and then he cut off their hair and stuffed it in their mouths, like straw spilling out of a guy on the 5th of November. The boys at school laughed about him, whistling in the bicycle sheds, as he was said to whistle over the bodies of...